Welcome to our world with your host, Ned Boy and Doc. Hey, Ned, my friend, how are you today? How's everything been? It's, a good, it's been a good week for me. It's pretty good week. Uh, kind of crazy weather. We're up and down, very hot, and then it gets cool, and they're actually talking about snow, my man. Oh, yeah. We, yesterday, it was warming up the way um just a hoodie. Today, it's snowing, so. Oh, y'all actually have snow. We Yeah. We're due for snow, I think, uh, Saturday to Sunday morning, but the ground has been so warm that we won't get any stickage. It won't yeah, stick. You know, it'll stick on, like, whatever scrub, scrubs are out or trees or things like that, but the ground, no. So. But here, to tell you the truth, man, if we get a half an inch of slush, it actually shuts this place down. It's a bizarre thing. But true. Uh, I we think, need the New York Sanitation Department out there. To... Yeah, well, good luck with that. We had two inches, and it literally shut this place down for like three days. Oh, my God. Not only that, all the stores get what we call the walking dead uh, syndrome. You know how the stores look at the walking dead when they go into to, to, uh, the scavenge stuff? That's oh, the way man. it is here. They clear out everything. I mean, no bread, no milk, no water, no eggs. Boom. It's like panic sets in. <laughs> it's you know you have to live through that to really know what that is like going to a market and I'm not talking see it's not like New York market our markets are like fucking size of three blocks I mean and they clear these places out it, it becomes a, a panic a, a sheer panic oh that's insane man. I understand now, I don't know I, I mean I guess you think I guess down there they lose power so they can still eat I guess oh well you know what that that's the other bad thing you get some, some good, bad weather, man, and you can have some power outages, some power surges. And I think I've told you this before, man. I think I've experienced at least 15 blackouts since I've been here, and we only talking four-plus years. And it could be summertime and get a blackout. So when you have ice on these wires, oh, my goodness, forget about it. So you have to make sure you have things here to survive, like, you better have extra batteries. You better have a radio that doesn't plug in. I actually have went out and brought, like, uh, chargers, you know, so I can put my cell phones and my tablets. Even though I won't have, uh, I wouldn't have uh, Wi-Fi, but at least I could turn my tablet on and, you know, use the stuff that I've saved on my, uh, my little disc. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have backup generators or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get that, but, you know, you you got to always make sure, uh, I, I, like I said, I bought these these uh, power packs. You know, I bought power packs so I could charge my phones in. You don't want to deal with a generator. That, that means you need gas. Oh, yeah, 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 you need gas. And, you know, that's not something that you want to have around the crib, a can of gas. Yeah. <laughs> now, what I will say, I have not experienced this yet, and I think this would be really trippy. A blackout while I'm driving because how does the traffic flow when there's a blackout and there's no street lights? Oh yeah, that'll be in, that that'll be intense. I guess everyone will have to figure out that. I think people will be smart enough to use the the stop sign ways when it gets to a a street light. But man, it's not and figure out people are idiots. You know, there's a lot of things I wanted to get to, but that was one of the things I wanted to get to also. 
And it kind of fit in right now because here, not that you read about it a lot, but you experience it a lot here. You experience road rage here because these are some of the stupidest fucking drivers in all of America here. I'm telling you, man, I have to give it this ladies month, and I love you ladies. Y'all give a lot to the world, but y'all something else on the road, man. These fucking <laughs> soccer, I call them soccer moms in the morning. So you see you out 8.30 to 9.30, and we have a lot of these, like, cut-ins. Like, you have the main avenue. And then you have these blind cuttings that come out of these all these communities. And these fucking women will come out there, and it seems like they wait right until they get up on your car. And that's when they decide to make a turn in front of you. Oh, yeah, that's the worst. So do you experience a lot of road rage yourself, personally? I think it was last Saturday. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the one that yell at the top of my little young lungs and be cursing in the car because someone did something stupid. Last week, I was waiting for a parking spot, and the lady was coming out the parking spot, so instead of pulling up in front, I pulled up behind him, and my flash was on the signal that I'm taking this spot. So when she came out the spot, this guy backed up and got into the spot. Oh, my God, I was, I was so pissed. I wanted to get out the car and say something, but I had people in my car with me, and I'm like, oh, my God, let me just go find another spot because someone's going to lose their life over a goddamn parking spot. Well, I have to admit, and I, I, I feel like I get a victory if I make it to my destination and make it back home, and I haven't cussed somebody out on the road. It's almost, I mean, if I, I feel like I won something if that happens. <laughs> Literally, like, somebody just said, you know what, here's a pride. You got a pride. You did something right in life. You didn't have to cuss a total stranger out. I mean, because I asked somebody this morning, little burgundy car. First, it was on my ass. Then it got on the side of me. And did she cut directly in front of me? I mean, like, I almost could feel like her back bumper hit my front bumper. And she jetted and never gave me a signal. And then, you know what? I pass at the next fucking light anyway because my lane is clear. <laughs> I mean, this is, like, this is this not all. This is almost all the time. I barely ever get a peaceful drive anywhere longer than a mile. Where I don't have to be like, what the fuck does this person do? I think one thing, it has improved my driving skills. I am a very, I, I consider myself an elite driver because of the shit that I have to deal other than what you have to deal with, which is dumb pedestrians. I don't have to deal with that. Yeah. But you know, you, I, I, I catch myself sometimes. I'm like, you motherfucking idiot. And I look in the rear view mirror and the damn kid is in the back seat. I'm like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> you you got people who will come in between two cars blind at any at any moment in New York. And if yeah. you're not just talking the neighborhood, they do this shit down on Wall Street, they do this in Midtown, they do this wherever there are people in New York. That's one I thing you have to deal with. The highway. I'm like it was pitch black at night. I had my my beans on but he was wearing black, so I didn't see him. You don't expect a person to be on the highway. And as I'm driving up, I see this black figure, and I'm like, is that a fucking person or not? And then he made it across the street, and I'm like, that was a fucking person. If I would have been maybe five more miles per hour higher, I probably would have hit him. Hmm. Yeah, it's, you know what? And that shit changes your life. You go from having a normal, everyday day. That's why I, I don't, you know, a lot of people, I've seen them do it. I've actually drove in cars where people do it. I drink under the influence of zero, and I mean zero alcohol. I don't even follow that two beer thing. If I'm having a beer or anything, I'm in a cab. I am not driving under because I don't. I don't want that guilt. 
I'm not a good person, but if I smash somebody up with my with my rod, I think I would carry that joke to my grave, and I I could do without that shit. Yeah, they had this, in New York. They had this kid who was 17 who took his um his mom or dad's car and without their permission. He only had a learner's permit, and he crashed into a killed a four year old little girl. And then when he tried to back the car up. He either hit or ran over the grandmother, too. So he was sentenced to, I think, three to nine years in prison. And now he's eligible up for parole. And his um the, the little girl mom went to the bail hearing and was like, she doesn't think he should get bail because of, of him killing that four-year-old little girl for her daughter. And I'm like, I'm like, damn, think about it. This dumb kid made a fucking one mistake. He probably had to serve nine years in jail. He didn't live... Put that on his conscience that he killed a four-year-old little girl. Yeah, yeah, you know, how do you, damn, how do you sleep at night? I mean, that's, that's you know, that's a difficult pill to swallow. Especially since, I, I also believe in second chances. It was obviously a mistake, and tragic shit happens in this life. I mean, but there's some tragic things that happen in this life. One is, say I'm playing, I'm in my house, and I fuck around with my gun, and I fire this shit through and it goes through my wall and hits somebody walking. See, that's, that's a tragic error, but I still have to be held accountable, and I can't say that those people should ever forgive me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that 17-year-old, he it's not like he was, if he was 12, I'd say if he was 12 to 15, it'd be different. 17, you started to get that... You know, you're starting to get to that age where you're almost out of high school or you graduate in high school. The thought pattern's a little different. He knew he was wrong when he had no license driving. I'm sure they told him, don't be crazy. Don't take the fucking car when we're not around. And, you know, he did what he wanted to do. You know, okay, we have an interesting day, an interesting week. But we cannot go much further without talking about this fucking Ben Carson character, man. He said last week, every week, there's going to be something that comes out of the damn Trump administration. Yeah, yeah. They they gave us a bunch this week. They gave him him. They gave us Cheeto. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you got one on one side. I mean, but just Ben Carson, man. How did he sit? I'm still trying to figure out how did. I had to look him up just to make sure he was one of the brothers that's not married to a white woman. He is, in fact, married to a black woman. How the fuck did he go on to a black woman after saying what he said? Yeah, they tried to defend it on, on, on someone else's radio show, saying that the media was taking it out of uh, context. Yeah, he, what did he do? He did it the next day. He had a, here it is, a brilliant brain surgeon, had a chance to correct himself. But see, you know what that whole Trump administration is about. Alternative facts. They don't accept ever being wrong about anything. Yeah. He actually had the nerve to challenge us to go to the dictionary. <laughs> he really challenged people. He said, I challenge you to go to the dictionary and find out the meaning of the word. So, but I, I'm assuming immigrant means someone who chose to come to another country. Yeah. To my knowledge, I don't think slaves chose to come to the country that they were dropped off in, sold in, raped in, and a murdered in. A kidnapped victim is never a willing participant. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always thought, I think, for him to be supposed to be as brilliant as he is in this field, he must have lost some of his common sense somewhere. 
You know what? He's a he is Uncle Ben. He is Uncle Ben. He's this is the dude who definitely say Harriet Tubman. I seen her and those people going that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's something wrong with Ben Carson, man. I don't even know how he can look in the mirror and be okay with what he said. He said no one in the audience, no one in the audience uh, reacted poorly to that. It was just the media blowing it. Because he was their fucking boss. Exactly. <laughs> and they had their boss. What the fuck did he just say? You know, I want to get this guy's name, man, because he's a mother effort too. The Black Sheriff. Oh, well, has he been on TV lately? You know what? But he doesn't even have to be on TV. He gives us enough shit to... uh. Uh, hold himself up uh, for quite a while. And I don't want to blame the wrong guy for this, but I, I don't think it is uh, Bob Schieffer. Uh, no, no, that, that can't be his name. Um, but he's an amazing character. We have a bunch. Uh, there was a movie back in, I guess, the 80s. Oh, David Clark. David Clark? Okay, David so we... Clark. Milwaukee Sheriff. Yes. There was a, a, a movie and back, I guess it was the 80s, or 80s, early 90s, about this black crew of like killers who would go and hunt down people like Ben Carson and him and to eradicate them. I forget the name of this movie. I gotta make sure that I do some research and, and try to remember that. I think it was like the Draft Squad. Did you ever see the Draft Squad? No, I've never seen it. I've never heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Spike Lee I believe it's a Spike Lee movie. And what they were was they were supposed to go out and like so say a Ben Carson did what he did. Say what he said? So yeah. they would kidnap him, film him put his ass on TV, and either he would get executed, well, no, he would get executed, but it would be public. And it was like a crew of black guys who hunted down other black people like this to take care of them. Yeah, to give the idea of what people, to, to the people of what David Clark has said before, he's on record for saying that black lives matter is a hateful ideology. And he's black. I was like, oh, my God, this, this, this guy, something's wrong with him. Oh, well, you know what? Him and Ben Carson can share a room together. Yeah. That, that, now, see, now, Clark's the total opposite. He's married to a white woman, and he just obviously hates black people. Yeah, he's he some slangy people. He has said some deplorable things about people who look just like him. Yeah, he might be that character um, that Dave Chappelle played in one of his uh, skits about the, the Klansman that was actually black. The blind Klansman who didn't realize that he was a black man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah he's, that, he's that guy. This guy definitely has what I call um, uh, circus mirrors in his home. He yeah, looks he in the mirror. mirror. He sees a white man. Oh, yeah. He sees at least somebody that looks like Bob Dole. <laughs> or whoever he oh. finds sexy. As you know, he, I think he looks in the mirror and sees John fucking Wayne. Yeah, tell me, self-hatred is real. When you have self-hatred, it's 100% real, man. Yeah, it, it, gets, it's, it's so, it gets so deep deep in you that it becomes a part of your being. Uh, okay, did you hear the Drake, Weezy, slash Nicki retort that's out there? Yeah, I heard, I heard the Nicki Minaj song response. Oh, wait, can I begin with this one? I'm just going to go on record to say... She, what she put out was smart in her way because she didn't put out a diss record per se. She made a song that's probably going to be played so many times because it's a response to Remy Martin. It's going to help her break, I think, Aretha Franklin's, or Aretha Franklin's number one record. 
Oh, well, you know what? The song, it's, it's a regular Nikki song. Yeah. And because she doesn't really name names, but everybody knows who she's going at, I'm going to tell you now, this is just my humble opinion, and I thought about this early, and I thought about it again, and I came up with the same conclusion. Remy loses, and Remy loses big time, and you know why? Remy loses because she fucked up from day one by not securing the royalty rights to Sheetha. So now that that song has been deaded, you, she can't perform it live. She can't. They don't play. They can't play it on the radio. They yanking the, the the damn videos from YouTube. So you might as well say that song is buried. And that's only because it included Nicki's voice, right? Well, it wasn't just. Yeah, I think it was Nicki's voice and the fact that they didn't clear the music. Not what she. People that don't know no better think they needed to clear the music with Nas. It was Columbia, and they gave her an opportunity to do it, and she told them, fuck you. Uh, well, you know why? Here's the deal. It's kind of like what Nikki was saying in her comeback. You don't have that kind of dough. You don't have the kind of dough to make those kind of moves. Boss people make those kind of moves that go to studios and say, well, you know what? I really need this beat, and if the shit's going to cost me $2 million, here's your money. You get it? She actually had a line in her song like, you know, if you was, you know, if you needed help, you could have came to me, which was crazy. Nikki was basically telling Remy, I would have paid for the music that you were going to use to diss me because I got it like that. Now, that's a rough comeback. Yeah, that's fucked up. I, I guess she was so in a rush to lay out these tracks, she didn't even think to get it clear. Yeah, but she's thinking, she's thinking pre-going to jail. Well, you just jack somebody's beat like it's 1982. This ain't the fucking get down. This ain't the break. Those days are over, man. You jack somebody's beat, they want to get paid. So they shut her. I didn't even realize that she hit number two on iTunes. And they yanked it. It's, it's, all, it's, it's going like it never existed. And here's the hard part. Lenny comes out with another one. She seems obsessed. Now, you could say that she's actually trying to make a career off Nikki's back, because that would be her third. I mean, even though it's kind of hard to let this go because everybody knows who she's coming at, but yeah. you can't build, you, she's supposed to be an established artist who's already been on number one hits, right? I guess Lean Back was number one, and what's yeah, this last back. one that they play too fucking much all the way up? All the way up. Okay, so those are at least top ten. I think top ten, top five songs. You can't then spend the rest of your life chasing this woman. Yeah, at this point, you got to show and prove yourself now. Yeah, now you need to have. And then he said, "I'll, I'll bet you five hundred thousand that you can't in seventy-two hours come up with a number one, with a hit record." Well, we, and she ain't collecting that because she can't. No. You know, I asked people over and over again. I guess uh, I was given this one song, and I'm thinking that I'm talking to hip-hop heads, and they're going to hit me in the head with like four or five songs when it came to Remy. Okay. And the only ones I could think of is that's her vibe. Whatever, it conceded. Okay, then. Now, the hard part is, Nikki, if you like her, lump her, then she's a clown or whatever, we're going on maybe 66 top 10 songs. I guarantee this song will be top 10 by tomorrow because people, once they hear some kind of diss back, that shit's going to explode. 
Oh, yeah, of course. And she was smart. She released three songs in one day. And then she added arguably two of the biggest artists on that one disc song. Yeah, yeah. So if you hate Nicki but love Drake, you're going to listen. You hate Weezy but love Drake or, or Weezy, you're going to listen. So she knows. Yeah, I'm thinking she made a reference in her track saying that, um, being that the song was, the things that Remy wasn't, was saying wasn't factual, that it shouldn't even count as like a diss record. So, so I'm thinking to myself, do you have to be factual when you come up with a diss record? Uh, you know, I'm thinking back to songs and that big diss songs and technically what was being said in those songs were kind of factual. Yeah, yeah, you're supposed to have, it's supposed to, you know, but even every joke is supposed to be based on what, 35%, 40% truth? So, to 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 a degree, it has to be. See now, there were things in there that people just got caught up on that didn't make sense. A girl with a wig can't make fun of a girl with a wig. Okay, Nikki from the head up, her plastic surgery's just fine. I said from the neck up. Yeah. From the neck down, I mean, I don't know what the fuck you call that uh, ass of hers. Anybody can make fun of that. But you know what? She's right. She did a better job at her. Uh, plastic surgeon facer wise than Remy did, but I guess that's a personal opinion. Yeah, I would be more attractive to Nikki's face than I would be Remy's face. Yeah. I don't understand why cute girls go get plastic surgery because of that industry, man. I can see if you, all right, if the picture was real and she Nikki had no body at all, all right, if you wanted to give yourself a little enhancement, but you ain't got to take it from. A zero to a thirty-two ass. No, well, see, here's the thing: the ass is not even believable. See, that's oh, no, the no, problem. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we get, when we get, okay, thirty-eight B's are quite fine, but when a chick is walking around with forty-six triple E titties, she's reaching clouds. She's Ronald McDonald. You know, yeah. you gotta, you gotta keep. It, it would be just like if us dudes could get surgery on our Johnsons. Yeah. <laughs> when you now you pulling out a seventeen inch and you telling people this is natural. Yeah, yeah, this is all natural. So <laughs> natural. It makes yeah, no yeah. sense. See, now you cross you gotta keep you gotta keep it within reason. There are some of them that's out there who got fine person plastic surgery. Say really. Really might have had some touches up. She natural lightened her skin some, but it's fine. She still looks human. She looks natural. She looks fine. Yeah, you can't go like from a like you like you can't go little Kim extreme. No, well, I no. thought little Kim was a very pretty girl before she had the surgery. And now she looks like a melted body doll. Yeah, you know, like Mary's still fine. Yeah. But you don't age well when you when you do that much plastic surgery because it's not you're not natural anymore. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't know, you know how pretty girls do that. And you know what? Kim would have never had any problem in her lane. Her lane was she was beloved by the streets. She was just fine. She if she was on your block, she'd be the cute little girl. Yeah. You know. Except yeah. for now, not only is she the cute little girl, she's famous. And she's rich. Yeah. So that and puts her ahead of... That's what I was thinking about earlier, that's self-hatred. She had to hate herself so much that she wanted to change 
her physical look. Yeah, I mean, she looking like, uh, I don't know. And what she is looking like the baseball player uh, that bleached his skin. Oh, man, Sammy Sosa? God. Yeah, she looked like a, a female version of Sammy Sosa. Yeah, every, matter of fact, every time that I see a picture of Kim now, I go, you know, and we're going to talk about him right now, Biggie would be, like, rolling over in his grave going, what the fuck happened to you, Kim? Oh, yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk about this Biggie thing because I think, I don't know, maybe I'm from New York and, and people always say he's Biggie's number one rapper. I don't understand this. In my head, this is this is my argument against Biggie. Biggie Smalls only had one album before he died. The second album came out after his death. So I don't understand how he's claimed as the greatest artist or hip-hop artist ever seen. And I related to the same thing. No one talks about Big Pun. Big Pun was a great wordsmith. He, has, he had had good songs. He only had one album as well. I don't know if it was a, it's a Brooklyn thing or maybe because I live in New York, so everyone bigs up uh, Biggie Smalls. I just don't understand it. The guy yeah. had one album. Before he died. Here's another one you gotta add to that list. Big L. Oh, Big L too. Yeah, yeah. Big L. Big L had his album, maybe an underground album at that, before he passed. And he did. There's another thing. Big L, um, Biggie Smalls, Big Pun. They each had enough work to put out maybe an album after they died, or maybe two albums after they died. So it's not this big library of work to judge them on. Yeah, it's the same. It's the, see, my problem is Biggie was not, it's, part of that is you're where you are. Whoever yeah, you are. Is it in New York, sir. Okay, so Pun's going to get that Bronx love, big time. That Puerto Rican love, okay? You're going to also have, Biggie is rocking, owning, like, you know, guys like Fabulous and them never move up the list because Biggie is such a presence. Twenty years later, he's still like clouds over all of them, right? Yeah. Big L's maybe the the best wordsmith out of the Harlem crew. Yeah. He he's a Harlem guy, right? Yeah, he's Harlem. Okay, because you had you had Dipset, but Cameron is more of a cartoon, and so was Mace. Mace. Now, maybe not when they were killer and, and, and murder, murder. Yeah. they were different. But when they became, like, Playboy, Pretty Nathan, you know, Preacher Cam, or I know I got that backwards, those were, they were cartoony. You know, yeah. matter of fact, Mace had the image of the guy who was just hard enough, but he was nice enough that your daughter could date. He was that guy in hip-hop. Yeah, he changed his whole image to once he got with Puffy. He had the murder mace to M.A. Dollar Sign E. You know, he had the smile, the dimples. He, oh, I mean, okay. I mean, damn, and they didn't mind putting on outlandish. I mean, you know, everybody makes fun of Hammer, and nobody looked at Puffy's crew's clothes. Oh, yeah, those shiny suits. I mean, the locks didn't mention that. They, they, they were like, those are some, they're the only ones that probably talked about it, but. Bright green, red. They made a lot of money with them, though. So I guess it was a big, it was a turn, it, it was a good a turn for the best. No, I'm not going to sit here and actually say any. Now, I enjoyed Mace. I did not enjoy Cameron. Uh, I, I, I compared the two Camerons. I said there's a big Cam when he was 
before he, his stomach disease or whatever he had. Then there was a little camera who started sounding like nursery rhymes. But he's always, he's always giving us some form of uh, pop song or whatever. I only I appreciate Kenmar because he he's one of the guys who I consider like a master P who actually took people out the hood and put them on, as opposed to just making it big and then leaving people behind. Now, one thing I do like about him, I respect, and this is what I like is is because I respect it. Cameron had his own style. Now, I don't know where he got it from. Maybe you, you know, maybe uptown there was an influence, but for him to step out and be like, you know what, motherfuckers, I'm going to wear pink. I'm going to wear purple. I'm going to do what the fuck I want. In hip-hop, there's not a lot of originality. Yeah, he made pink cool. You know what I mean? These guys all follow. Think about it. Ice Cube is on the West Coast. He decides he's never going to fucking smile. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be in the game for 30 years, and my part of my gimmick is no matter how good life is, you will never see me and Dre smile about anything. Yeah. We, decide, <laughs> we decide a check for $600 million. Our movie could be number one. We ain't smiling. Yeah. So that becomes, okay, rappers are soft that the motherfucker seems smiling. At least I get 50 cent credit. He's a lunatic, but the dude smiles. It's a crooked ass smile, but he does smile. You can see, matter of fact, he's a, he's a very bizarre dude. He likes to bitch and moan more than any other guy I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, 50 cent will troll you, and he's like, I don't give a fuck. I would say what I need to say. Yeah. I, I actually like 50, because I feel like out of all the rappers out there, if they give an interview, I feel like 50 becomes. I feel like 50 would tells you how he actually feels opposed to telling you what you think. Yeah, he'd probably be the most honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why, that's why I actually... Because there's not too many people that's going to get on the radio and be like, yeah, uh, I got shot up and I, I got caught slipping or something like that. Most guys are like, yeah, I got shot and I made sure I shot back and killed the motherfucker right away. Or, or he'll tell you, you know what, I can't stand them motherfuckers over there. You know yeah. He's he not going to be politically correct. And so there are some guys in that industry that I do, I don't, I actually like a lot of 50s music. So that's another thing. So now we talked about the West Coast. They decide that they're going to not smile. Okay. Snoop always looks like he has fun. Yeah, Snoop always looks like he has fun. Snoop is, is the fun one out of a bunch of the West Coast. But now the East Coast, they decided in about the 80s, no, I'll say the 90s, we are not going to dance. We could have the baddest motherfucking beat known to man, and it's dance music, but as an artist, you won't see me dance. And I'm you just can't be hard to dance. You can't, you can't be hard to dance. Right, right. I've heard Jay say it. I've heard, what, uh, lean back was him telling you he ain't going to dance. Yeah. <laughs> he said this is a party fucking song, but I'm not going to dance. Yeah. I'll lean back. That's what I'm going to do. You know, Jay-Z is very proud of it. I mean, like, I, I, I watched the Khalif Brown part two yesterday, right? Yeah, I just watched that as well. And it's, did you watch the Town Hall part? No, I just, I didn't even know there was a Town Hall part. Yeah, I seen that by mistake. It's like such a... I love that Jay-Z that was at the town hall. That's that businessman mogul Jay-Z, that powerful 
activist Jay-Z? Yeah. I don't like, and I've enjoyed Jay-Z's music. You know, I'm very proud of him coming from where he's from. I know where Marty Projects is. I didn't live very far from Marty Projects. I thank God I did not live in Marty Projects. <laughs> but I used to go up to Marcy with me and the guys. We used to actually hang out at a little bar right across the street. So we seen the wild and this, that, and the other. But to get to the point, Jay, I don't like when Jay, at 35, 40 years old, reverts back every other time he makes a song that he feels a necessity to go back to my Marcy days. When he's so fucking far removed from that, he should have other shit to rap about. I hate when he raps about still selling dope on the corner. You haven't done that in 30 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they, 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 they still have stories to tell. But so they still give fucking you stories. He, he would still give you some form of evolved rap. That's, that's who I like. I like the evolution. You know, because actually the watch of God comes for that. The whole evolution, you know, from the Annie song to I can own the fucking I he went from being Annie song to he's Papa Money. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's got the woman everybody's bowing down to. I think Jay Z is a perfect example of how you should model, I guess, model your career behind because you saw him evolve from the big baggy um, um, basketball jerseys to the corporate suits, per se. Some of these guys just want to always wear their pants hanging off their ass 24-7. And my favorite video from him, because it's a video, it, it seemed like he had the most fun. Not the big pimping, not even the uh, money ain't a thing. Yeah. If you, if you just look at him and Otis, him and Kanye are having a ball. Oh, and yeah. And it comes yeah. through the screen. Oh, yeah, that was the same Kanye. Yeah, that comes through the screen, and you kind of feel it. Because, like, you know what? Uh, hip-hop is like you said. Matter of fact, you got to be so hard in hip-hop that you can not, even though you're doing all this shit that says fun, they showing each other on yachts, girls and bikinis with all good bodies, money's not a thing, you're throwing it around, you got more jewelry, there's a big fucking mansion over there. You're not enjoying it because I can't enjoy anything because I'm a hip-hop artist. Yeah. I'm frowning. I'll kill you in a second if you fuck with anything. If you walk on my grass. It's another thing. Some of these guys, they get into the game, and they're still, if they're street guys, they're still willing to pull out their gun or get in trouble for carrying a gun. I'm like, I just don't understand. I'm like, all right, have you made it to a certain point? Have you made it? Your dream is, when you first started, to get out the fucking hood. So now that you're finally out the hood, you can't get rid of the hood mentality. You can hire security. You can hire a mad amount of security. I actually believe that, too, with uh, with T.I., with at least. I've seen the evolution of, I feel like, of T.I. as well. I like T.I. There's no more streets. Uh, I'll just pull up to you and and and, and shoot you, Ti. Where he's now wearing business suits and getting getting into other ventures. As he's a brand now. Yeah, as opposed to just worrying about hip hop. Yeah, yeah. You know what? 
Some of these guys, they, they, they elevate themselves above it. We were talking about that before. When you get to the status where you could still be a hip-hop artist, but you are now in that pop world. Yeah. And you accept it in that pop world. Because the pop world actually loves some of these guys. And it's not many. It's Snoop. It's Jay. It's Kanye. It's Drake. Weezy's in that world. I think Kanye gets a, a asterisk. But he's kind of in that world. Now, yeah, who's yeah. not in that world? Rick Ross is not in that world. Oh, no, no, no. You can't. This is the thing. There are some artists that I feel like without hip-hop, they, they'll they be probably back to the corner. Because there's no venture that they're in right now. I mean, they might have, like, business investments. But I'm talking about if you can't rap today, which is maybe your main source of income, if you can't rap today anymore, what can you can you go into another field or another genre and be successful? Think about the position a guy, not really a hip hop artist, but uh R and B crossover pop, big time name. Chris Brown could have been like super duper star if he wasn't so fucked up. Yeah. His, his, if, if, he, if he really does have bipolar, then, yeah, his, he's been fucked up a long time. And, and, and someone in his camp should have noticed that. I don't care if it's his, whoever his manager is, his mom, should have gotten his kid on pills earlier, made sure he's doing the right thing. Because even Justin Bieber, he went to the dark side and looked like he's made a 180. And it's yeah, like anytime Chris Brown tries to get to that 180, he reverts back. I don't know what it is. I don't know why everyone wants to be a super thug. Everyone wants to be a blood or a crit. And you know who's, who's joining this? And he's going to destroy a clean-cut career that he set out for himself. Fucking Jason Derulo. Real idiot. This kid has that. You know, they don't let a lot of black guys in at one time. But they'll let one or two. You're the clean-cut black guy who crosses over? Yeah. See, Chris was there. Jason Derulo came right behind him. And Jason Derulo seems to be doing everything in his power to get that door shut on him by going, wait till you get millions and then decide you want to be a thug. That's kind of ass backwards. Thugs try to get to be millionaires. Millionaires don't try to be thugs. That's exactly why I, the person I respect the most in the music industry is Pitbull. This kid went from, he seen that there was no real lane for him, so he created his own lane, and he started wearing suits as a as a rapper. Yeah, and won't take his fucking shades off, even if it's pitch black outside. Yeah, and and that he went from Miami to Mr. International. Yeah, Mr. 305. So, you know what? He He made a persona, he stuck to it, and he wrote it out. Well, some guys are smart like that because they, they, they say, you know what, they should think about it. How many in, um, NBA All-Stars he's been on? Yeah, exactly. He says, I'm looking around at the This is my thinking of what he said to himself. I'm looking around the industry. Everyone's wearing baggy clothes, big jerseys. I'm going to wear three-piece suits. I'm going to wear suits, and, and, and now i got to stick with that because – I'm the only person wearing suits. This is my lane, and I'm rapping in English and Spanish. Mm-hmm. 
And he's missed a collaboration. Shit. Yeah. Let me grab Neo on a track. Let me grab a Rihanna. And make party music. And he blew up. John, what you doing? Yeah. You know, and I think that's kind of, I think it's kind of brilliant. But you know what it is? It's, It's the part of the culture is fucking celebrities and some kind of sick sense of pride with being proud of being addicts. I mean, or not even addicts, abusers, users. I mean, guys don't even hide their drugs. There was a time back in the old days you didn't want to be associated as being, like, involved with drugs. Now it's like uh, drugs is it's cool. It's cool, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to mix up this um, this foam. I'm going to take this foam out of this course medicine and get high on it. And yeah. everybody going to know. I'm going to let everybody know it. Yeah, I'm drinking lean and I'm proud. I'm basically saying I'm on I'm on an opiate. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Guys like Snoop with the weed. That's a whole different thing. Matter of fact, you don't even have too many artists who guys are less proud of being drunks than they are of getting high. Yeah, I believe if DMX would have came out saying that he was he had a drug problem, he may have still really been relevant because it ain't nothing but people like to see someone attempt to get help. And still have their career, but now it's like it's kind of too late. Yeah, yeah. See, then you get, then you get penciled as being that guy, because yeah. it kind of it kind of caught up to uh, what's his name with uh, Public Enemy back in the, in the early two thousands, and that's the way people looked at Slave. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh you know, you could kind of blow Slave off because he's you know he's just fucked up him, ODB. You know, you just look at them and go, oh, that's what they are. But you know they're a lot more than that. Yeah, you gotta hit. I think what a lot of people say you gotta hit uh, rock bottom before you could um, attempt to dig yourself out that hole. You know, I, I think that's what an artist like a Eminem tried to do. He hit rock bottom, and he tried to dig himself out the hole, but he's still at the point where he hasn't evolved enough. But he's in his own lane because he's like the only white rapper, yeah, the only white legit rapper. Yeah, what you call him decided to, he kind of disappointed me. He kind of went a little too country for me, yellow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I never yeah. got with Machine Gun Kelly. I don't know one song by him. I wouldn't even know what to listen to of his. Yeah, I've heard of some songs that was good, but I don't know. It's kind of a hard mixture of hip-hop and it's like infused with rock. I, I don't know. Some Not my cup of tea. I guess he's not out enough. Like, I, I feel like you have to keep hitting your – you have to support your core fans, but you also have to figure out a way to grab it, to bring in the new fans as well. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. artists is very good at doing that. Some are not. So, you know what? If you got a guy who can make a great, great hook, and and that's like – you know what? I always thought that Drake was very good at having a good hook to a song. Yeah. And that allows – that allows the little kid to a 60-year-old to feel like they're a part of the song when they're driving. Because they might not know shit else, but they know that hook. Yeah, they always going to know the hook. That's why the hook is, hook is super important. Yeah, and he's seen and that. There's only have. some artists that could do an entire song and they could do their hook themselves. Most artists go out and get someone else to do their hook. Yeah, you know, that's, that hotline bling caught people. They just like, hey, I... I don't like the rest of the song, but I liked when he said Hotline Bling. Yeah. 
They won't even know, like, um, the whistle song that they had back in the day, I think it was the Yin Yang Twins, and they, they were basically talking about sticking the, it was maybe like a, the, a straight rated R song, but no one understood what the fuck they were saying in the song. They just heard, get low, take it to the floor. They just knew oh. the chorus. Oh, and then I can't forget who might be right now, but actually the king of the hook. Mr. TNT NBA himself, Little Fucking John. Little John can throw a hook at you. Yeah, Little John was smart. I went to Vegas, and I guess Little John seen that a lot of people started fighting his hip hop style. So he moved over to EDM, and that electronic dance music is the new craze. These DJs make hundreds of thousands of dollars just DJing parties. They have a DJ that just, he's just a DJ, and he sells out Madison Square Garden. He sells out arenas. Well, you got Telesco, Calvin Harris, guys yeah, like that. Steve, Steve Aiko, something like that. Oh, yeah, Aiko. Uh, then you got, like, Van Buren. I know some of them. Yeah. And the thing is, these guys, if you ever see, I had a buddy, you know, that's I'm kind of past that age. It's like me being a single at my age and going to a club. You decide to fucking play, so EDC is a little bit too young for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I would literally legitimately be there with 18-year-olds in in bikinis, and that shit's just not, you know, I look like yeah, an old pervert. I went to the party last day in Vegas at the Encore, at the Wynn Hotel, and there was an EDM party, but Little John was actually DJing, and it was a, it was actually, I was, I was actually surprised. The older people were there, or? Oh, yeah, all the people were there, but I was actually more surprised that Little John was DJing an EDM party that was packed. Because when you think of EDM, you think of the guys you named, like the Calvin Harris's and stuff. But he made a name. He made it a little inkling for himself in that genre. Yeah, yeah. You know, hip-hop is not for the the 50-year-olds, 40-year-olds. There's going to be a certain point where your career is going to start going downhill unless you're like a Jay-Z or somebody. So you have to find another niche or something that go into another genre where there's no age requirement. There's no age limit. Like, there's no age limit in countries. You could be 17 to 95 and make a, a hit country record. Yeah, they could, you could be in a wheelchair. Yeah, you can't be 90 and making a hip-hop song. Yeah, I'm still waiting we talked about this before. I'm still waiting for the first grayhead motherfucker to make a hip hop song. I'm talking right. about a full head or beard full of gray hair. You ain't seen that. And if somebody it'll probably seen be that, tell me. Yeah, it'll probably be Jay Z or an LL Cool J. See, Jay Z can get away with it, so can LL, because neither one of them wear fucking facial hair. Yeah. <laughs> and LL won't take a hat off, so you don't see his hair. Yeah. So LL not, still has the impression that he's. He could be 35. And we know yeah. that LL is getting close to 50. Well, actually, you had, from back in the day, but he was no big artist. What the fuck was his name? He was going back and forth. He was the owner of the source. Oh, Benzino or something? Yeah, Benzino. But he made himself seem like he was a big artist, when he, which he wasn't. Well, actually, Benzino was a horrible artist. That whole... uh you know, I didn't get into that whole Boston thing. I, I catch flack from hip-hop people all the time. 
I might be the only person from my generation who did not like Gangsta. I just didn't get with it. I didn't like Google's voice. I didn't like his flow. He bored me. Yeah, there's some people I just can't get with them. I can't get with their flow at all. Or sometimes it's just their voice. Even when Eminem first started, I was like, this guy has a weird voice. I don't know if I can get with him. Yeah, and so what it was was M was doing, think about how he was doing 150 different voices. Sometimes yeah. he was this comical one. He was, you know. Yeah, he, he set himself up as having split personalities, which allowed him to do different voices, which, again, brings people. He had his own lane, even though he was white. He was a white rapper, so that was a lane right there. But he created, not so many people had, I'm going to do a Slim Shady, and then I'm going to do a Marshall Mathers song. Yeah, and he was doing those voices, especially when he was doing that stuff when he first came out with Dre. And he was doing, like, I'm Dre's alter ego speaking to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he didn't really introduce, like, until he was like, I'm the real Slim Shady. You know, but yeah. hip hop is, uh, to me, it's uh, fascinating because it's it's our world. It's the only thing that's ours really in this country. That's like, okay, look at us. This is who we. A lot of it is who we are. You know what I mean? As as this that last generation that came after the seventies and eighties. And, and we want to express ourselves, and we was going to look better than our parents. We are going to have our own thing. We kind of rejected R&B, you know yeah, what I mean? I hope that it doesn't get to the point where it dies out like R&B. Well, you know what? There needs to be an R&B artist that comes out and brings R&B back. And I think the reason R&B died because I hate to put it on one person. Kelly? There was a time when R. Kelly was like the king of R&B. Anything R, R. Kelly touched, it was going multi-platinum. But then once he had that that tape issue with the underage girl, he became toxic. Well, I'm going to say this, man, and I have to be honest. Hip-hop, to a certain degree, is on life support. I listen to this Mingo shit. I think that's their name. Oh, the Migos. Migos with yeah. little... Uzi Vex. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. shit is like the number three song in the nation, and it is yeah. trash. Yeah, I'm, the, I, I'm not a fan of it either. I know people love the Migos, but it's not Number three song in the nation. Yeah, I can't even get with Future. I can't get with this type of rap. It's just not my cup of tea. But you know what? I, going back to hip-hop and talking about it, since we have been talking about it, do yourself a favor if you're listening to my voice. Netflix is the get down. Season two is getting ready to come back, and this show, The Breaks, is a good fucking show. On oh, yeah, I one episode. I need to go back and uh, catch the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find out who these characters are because they're dealing with it from a, a different level than normal. It's not like it's going to be these three clean cut kids and everything is milky dope. I mean, one of the main characters in The Breaks. Is a stone cold fucking street killer. You know what I mean? Stone yeah. cold. This is a dude whose face does not break. It just matter of fact, I think he's had one expression in three episodes. I'll kill you. Is the only fucking expression he's ever had. You know what I mean? Yeah. And but there are people like that in the industry. So you know, it's it's always so easy to sell like the Will Smith kid with the big afro, and everybody is 
you know, these are the breaks. Everybody's a clean cut. But that's not the whole story of hip-hop. There's people like this who entered that world, too. Or you wouldn't have your 50 cents. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I totally agree. If I wish that this day and age, I, I, if, if Pac and Big was still living, I would like to see what, what they have evolved into or what they've just been stuck in their lane. Listen, you know that's false for Pac. Pac would have been, I don't know if he would have had an Oscar by now, man. Yeah, I think he probably would have been a, a talented movie actor, but I think a piece of him would have still been calling the music. Oh, no, I think he would have, oh, with all that, this dude obviously had crates of, of notebooks full of shit. Things oh, yeah, 20 years later, still coming out with new albums. So yeah, shit that was happening in, in the world, Pac would have been on it. But yeah, I think that Pac, actually worked. I think Pac would have also always been in trouble for having a loud mouth. But I think that he would have produced stuff in the arts that would have been incredible. He, sky was the limits. He, here's the thing. If you talk to women, women loved the way Pac looked. So he yeah. had that going for him, too. You know what? He was just tough enough, but he was good-looking enough for them. And he was super talented that the guys loved him. When Pac would have got mature enough, because let's not forget, he was only 25. So he didn't really even get to his full grown-up. Yeah. When, when he would have came to the point where he could have actually told the street, because maybe that would have been something he learned from Dre, tell the street kind of fucked themselves. Yeah, get out of it. But right, yeah. go back to kind of that Khalid Browder show. If Pac was never billed out by Death Row Records, that whole mess probably would never happen. Yeah. If either, yeah. if either he would have did his whole sentence or someone else would have billed him out, if they probably would never had this. Both He's of them probably would have got like that. Yeah. So it, it all it all reverts back to the system. Yeah, you know what? You just made me think about that. Think about the stuff that we would have got robbed of if it didn't go down. You know, sometimes life has to go the way it went. Yeah. I mean, because if he didn't get bailed out, strictly for mines and all that stuff might have never been released the way it was. He would have never. He might have never hooked up with Dre to do California. Two oh, of love, love, love yeah, one. Yeah. Or, or or hit him up. Yeah, I mean, it might not have been only. He might have. He might have been a pussy artist out there with fucking names. <laughs> he, he was running with Digital Underground as a dancer, so. Yeah, him and uh, OPP, Tretch. Yeah. Tretch from Naughty by Nature. That's true. So maybe Death Row did put a little stamp on him as well. Oh, man. He, at least he had, you know, if Dre, if Dr. Dre's a workaholic, he had this workaholic kid who wanted to be in that studio and had a lot to say. Yeah, he had to push out. For him to have albums that no one ever heard, and it's over 20 years later, and they say he still has material that they can release, this kid had to work in the, I want to say, six or seven years that he was in hip-hop, that he lived. He had to be putting in work every week. Yeah, yeah. But some artists, they die, they don't have nothing to come out after after their death. So what what were you doing with your time? Enjoying life, getting high, screwing chicks. Well, better make studio time as well. Yeah, well, I, I forget who it was. I don't know if it was uh, uh, corrupt or Snoop. One of them said that he ran into him. He said, "Hey, listen, man, I'm going in the studio." And he said, three days later, he had that album, that first album, 
three days later, that album was completed. Yeah. He said, keep, keep the Hennessy flowing and the marijuana, and I'm going in there. And he said he locked himself in there for three days and just wrote, 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 and put these songs out. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, and that's just the way it is in life. Some, his, his work ethic was something else. Hey, man, it's been fun as always, my brother. Yeah, I agree. Same as always, fellas, ladies and gents. Uh, you can join us on every form of social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Most importantly, our YouTube channel. You can find us at all those channels at NetBoyDoc. That's NetBoyDoc, one word. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Comment, share, positive or negative. We don't care. We will respond to everything. Um, once again, hope you enjoyed. Yes, yes. Uh, please, stop being uh, such quiet church mouses. Some people are listening. We want some feedback. It's appreciated. You can say anything, even if it's just fucking boo. Okay? <laughs> you know? uh, we enjoy you. We appreciate you listening. And this is Doc on behalf of Doc, Netboy, and Our World. I'm just going to tell you once again, peace.